0: Welcome to Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck and co host Reverends Bill Holton and Cher Holton. Discover practical applications to bring 21st century metaphysics to work in your life. Here's your host, Paul Hasselbeck. Welcome to another edition of Metaphysical Romp 2. This is the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck saddled up around the virtual kitchen table. I am actually at the Fort Lauderdale end of the kitchen table, and I'm having a beautiful day in my consciousness. And of course, I'm with my friends.
1: Hey, this is Reverend Dr. (laughs) Cher Holton, and I'm at the Durham, North Carolina part of this amazing table. And it is truly a beautiful day in my consciousness.
2: And I'm the Reverend Doc Bill Holton, and uh, I'm also at the Durham End, and we would like to say that for those of you who know, Sharon and I are the co-founders of a, a very hybrid virtual unity ministry, and our name is the Unity Center for UniversalProsperity.com, and we spell universal, Universal because it's about your spiritual growth.
1: All right. And it's a beautiful day in
2: your consciousness. Very definitely is a beautiful, beautiful day in my consciousness as well. Just wanted to confirm that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and to remind people they can come to our website, ucfyp.com. That'll get you there quick and easy. And we're just waiting to greet you.
0: Amen to that. And of course, I have my website, paulhasselbeck.com, where you'll find my calendar as well as the absolute word, which is my weekly blog. And we want to remind you that we are all about mastering the art of living metaphysically, living from a view beyond our physical existence, a view that identifies with our innate divinity, while including our humanity, which consists of our personality and our bodies. Ultimately, we share about spirituality, pseudo-spirituality, science, and pseudo-science, and we kind of let you decide which is which.
1: (laughs) It (laughs) changes, right?
0: (laughs) Yes. So... So this is part three of a series on spiritual laws. And we can't talk about laws without talking about principles because in the historic writings, they use those two words interchangeably. And this particular set of laws, uh, we're we're finding quite a few of them are really more like a principle. So we're going to have Cher jump in like she always does. We're going to be looking at the law of agreement. And I'm going to invite you as you listen to this, because I think it's best, Share, if you read this one all the way through and see what principle this really is. If we're thinking about the five unity principles, which mm-hmm. one it is. Take it away, Cher.
1: All right. And we want to remind people this came from a document that was uncovered, and that's why we're reading them, is to update and clarify some of that information on it. So Yes. I'm reading it as it's written here, and we will probably be taking it apart a little bit. Yes. All right. So the law of agreement, this is what the document says. First is a quote, I behold the Christ in you, end quote. When the seeds of conflict begin to reveal themselves in us, we immediately agree with God. We affirm our unity with infinite mind and its love and peace. We treat the other person on the level of their innate divinity. We know that God is on both sides of the table. We give up our judgments and trust divine order.
0: Wow. So, first (laughs) of all, I behold the Christ in you. I prefer to update to that. I behold the Christ you are. And then avoiding the Christian language, I would say, I behold the divinity you are.
2: Amen. Yes.
1: Yes. yes, yes, absolutely. We agree yep. 100%. Yep.
0: And this idea of agreeing with God is just so anthropomorphic that uh, there's there's no agreeing with God. There is aligning our humanity with our divinity, which yes. I think is more yes. precise.
1: That fits definitely mm-hmm. fits more. And that we affirm our unity with infinite mind and its love and peace kind of, says that in a
0: yeah so that's the best sentence in this paragraph thing.
1: yes yeah. yes it is
0: <laughs> you know and and sure we want to treat people at the level of their innate divinity without a doubt but right. that doesn't mean we need to ignore how they're showing up as a human being
1: right. absolutely <laughs> and we want to have our our power of discernment fully present and activated as we work with people where there is that disagreement. One of the things that we were talking about prior to the show, as we we discussed this a little bit, one of the things we talked about as we were looking at this just before we started was how important it is to not become a doormat to people, and that unless everybody in the conversation is looking for agreement, you're going to be using different tools than you would if everybody's there to negotiate at at the same level. And usually when there's an issue, everybody's not at the same level of desire for outcome.
0: That's often the case. And the idea is to work to some sort of agreement. And the next sentence says, we know that God is on both sides of the table. Well, I'd rather say like, Eric Butterworth said, God is spirit present in its entirety at every point in space at the same time. So there's no table. It's just that <laughs> the divine is everywhere totally at every point in space because the divine doesn't take up space in a three dimensional way like our bodies do.
2: Mm-hmm. Another way of saying that, too, Sharon, and I use is it's both sides of the same Cohen, K O
1: H.
0: <laughs> yeah there you go that's a good one that's good yes yes and this idea of giving up our judgments and trust divine order divine order is something we use it's not something that's using us and so i hope when you were listening to this that you really heard that what this really is is principle two Mm-hmm. of the five basic mm-hmm. unity principles. Originally, it was we each have a spark of the divine in us. We mm-hmm. say the totality of the divine is in us. Mm-hmm. In fact, the totality of the divine is present in its totality at each and every one of the cells in our bodies.
2: Yeah. Yes. And Sharon and I have really turned divine order, uh, moved it from a noun to a verb, and and, and we generally say divinely ordering.
1: Yes. Because we are the ones who are doing it. yeah, and that last sentence makes it sound like you just you just give up and and it's all going to work out, you know, yeah. all, it's all good kind of thing. And yes, it may all be good, but we are the ones who work that good. We're the yeah. ones that create it. We have to we take it.
0: work the good that was really, <laughs> really well said, Cher. Right. So I think we've taken care of that one. It's not mm-hmm. a law. It's just a a statement reinforcing principle two. So let's do the next one.
1: Okay, the next. Oh, boy. Everybody. Oh, boy. This one. (laughs) The law of attraction.
0: Which I like to say, it's the law of distraction.
1: (laughs) That's great. I love that.
0: That's true. (laughs) Uh, Turns out to be true. So let's read the whole thing. That was just sort of meant to be a joke. And then we're going to be serious about this because it's so important people hear this in a different way.
1: Yes, and we have definitely have our own takes on this for sure, all of us. All right, law of attraction, like attracts like. The beliefs we have accepted operate through our subconscious mind. They magnetize our attitude to such a degree that people, events, and circumstances are drawn to us and we to them from these beliefs. If we believe in lack, we will attract to us others who are in lack and who will confirm this belief for us. We, in turn, confirm this belief for them. Realize that there is a compounding factor in this law. When we attract others with like belief, we add to the power of our belief by every attraction. Our belief is then reinforced and becomes stronger. We no longer deal with only our own lack, but those others lack as well.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Whoa, we got some work to do. We've got some work to do.
0: I hope we have enough time to finish <laughs> this program. First of all, like attracts like, yes. And opposites yes. attract. Yes. And so so the, the it isn't whether like and like are opposites. It's that there's an attraction going on somehow. But the mm. attraction isn't attracting stuff to us. We are attracting ourselves to stuff and people. Another way I say it is because of my beliefs and my thoughts and feelings, I have an affinity for other things and other people. And because I have that affinity, I have a desire for them and I must take action to get those things. Mm.
1: Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I guess one thing we want to focus on, too, with law of attraction, it's this is all happening in consciousness.
0: Yes. So it's a whole consciousness deal. They dance around this and the way this is stated and it's it gets blurred. But the thing is, is that when you hold a thought and feeling in consciousness, you will attract other thoughts and feelings that are related to it in your consciousness not from other people.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. And it builds is the Mm -hmm. more you it's just like it's not it doesn't care what you're thinking. So it works regardless. So if you're depressed and you have more thoughts of depression, then you're going to attract within you or you're going to just grow those thoughts and you're going to have more thoughts of that and it increases Mm -hmm. it. And so being aware of where your thoughts and feelings are is a key part of how you uh, how you work this particular law
0: exactly and i think it's important <clears throat> to recognize that we we attract in our own consciousness related thoughts and feelings and those are both the ones that are in alignment what we're thinking feeling and also those that are in an opposition to it That's how that tricky thing called chemicalization happens. Mm -hmm. So, So if I'm feeling really upbeat and happy and I'm holding a thought and feeling, I will notice some of these opposing thoughts showing up and they're showing up for me to work with them equally. If I'm depressed or sad, haven't you noticed when you're depressed or sad, you'll have an occasional awareness of an upbeat thought. And, and when you do that, that's the one you want to latch on to, mm. because we're attracting the whole range of thoughts and feelings related to the subject matter.
2: And what we attract, oftentimes, if we're attracted by it and to it, has to say about what you mentioned earlier, Paul, about our propensities to believe certain things. And if our propensity is to believe in evidence-barren dogmas, we attract people who have the same propensity um, because they don't recognize what's true and what's not true, what's evidence-based and what's evidence-barren. So we can attract all those folks, too. It doesn't make either of us right in that respect, because if we believe in dogma versus truth, uh, that's not going to take us too far.
0: Yeah, and I always bring up Jesus. Because it's like, so if only like attracts like, he wouldn't have the opposition from the Sadducees and Pharisees, nor from the Romans. And so this feeds to the idea, if you think only good thoughts, bad things aren't going to happen to you. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And and that is overselling what this is about. Right.
1: And that actually as we look at how we've redefined this and and actually turned it into two laws or principles really of of law of attraction and then of manifestation is once you have a thought, once you're thinking of what you want to manifest, a key piece that's been missing is you need to understand the environment you're in and how it works in that environment. So if, if if you're dealing with prosperity and you want, to create more prosperity. And so you're doing the law of attraction to bring to a, quote, as they say, attract money. <laughs> as you want to grow your prosperity and financial freedom, one of the things you need to do is realize in skin school, you got to figure out how money works here. Yeah. Instead, it seems like people just are afraid to even talk about money. And as a result, you can't ever understand it well enough to take the actions that are in alignment with what your desire is.
0: Well, something else that happens there is there's a conjunction between this idea and the idea that God will provide. And Mm -hmm. so you get this magical thinking that all I have to do is desire the money and it's going to show up.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. been, that's how it's taught. Yes,
0: that's exactly how it's taught. It just so people, so I would call this the law of affinity as uh, instead of calling it the law of attraction. And that connects with what you're calling the law of manifestation. And, and that is knowing the environment you're working in. But it, it also includes, you got to take action. That's the next mm, step. That's next what step. takes
1: it into the manifestation. Yes. It, and then that, that action must be in alignment with what the desire is that you're creating in your mind. Because a lot of people like they'll, they'll desire the prosperity, but then they go out and spend money frivolously or, you know, just throw it away. And it's like, well, God's going to provide, like you said, or I'm thinking about it. So you got it. The actions have to be in alignment and that's, that's so important and support what it is you're working for.
0: So thought and feeling gets the, growing in consciousness, the affinity for whatever it is you desire. And then when you get enough desire built up, we're motivated to take action to get what we desire. And that action might be just telling somebody you want something, and they may love you enough that they give it to you. But if you never speak your desire, it doesn't happen.
1: Yep. Absolutely. In fact, we have a great example of this with somebody that we've been mentoring. One of his desires, he lost his job or the, you know, his contract ran out, whatever. And so he was looking for another job. And he was telling us the last time we talked to him that he had called. I'm trying to remember exactly how that worked, but he had made a call and the perfect opportunity was there as they talked. And he said that job just opened up like it was so magical or whatever. And I said, well, keep this one thing in mind. You had to make the call. You took an action. And when you took that, that person wasn't going to call you and say, we have this perfect opportunity. So, yeah, it was there. But opportunities are all around us you yes. took the action and that's what take that recognize how important that is and the action
2: that you take must be supportive and not one that would sabotage right. what you want
0: yes 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 and, th- and that's what Cher was kind of referring to the sabotage that happens is that mm-hmm. well yep. I can buy anything I want because God will provide yep. and if mm-hmm. I'm thinking and feeling enough about it it's going to happen well <laughs> not so much yeah that's yeah. just
1: step one that's just that's just
0: step, step one. one well so i'm going to give you a little tease for next week next week we'll be looking at um the law of cause and effect which we've talked about a lot and sometimes it's linked to the law of compensation which is going to get us into whole other different <laughs> territory this so, is so much fun <laughs> yes yeah, so i hope you will stay tuned And for now, we are going to pivot to the absolute word, which is based on Sunday messages appearing in the Daily Word, a copyrighted Unity publication, and has been used with permission. And we can't say it enough about our gratitude and appreciation that Unity World Headquarters and the Daily Word allows me to do this. So January 29th, the word is abundance. Isn't that perfect? Hmm. I broaden my perception of abundance. I toyed with saying I broaden my understanding of abundance. Both work really well there. When I think of prosperity, I may think of financial wealth or my possessions. I may even feel tempted to compare my life to someone else's, comparing my blooper reel to their highlights reel. I may feel as though I come up short in comparison. Today, my understanding of prosperity broadens. I feel safe and secure in my humanity and my divinity, knowing I am fully human and fully divine is priceless. Both the natural world and the divine demonstrate infinite potential. Each demonstrates the principle of abundance. I am reminded that the divine is present in its entirety at every point in space, all at the same time. The more I appreciate the resources of the material world, the more aware I am that my greatest resource is established in the principle of abundance. I broaden my perception or understanding of abundance. And so it is, friends. This is the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck, grateful for your listening. And for now, make it a great day.
1: And this is Reverend Dr. Cher Holton, appreciating who you are and grateful for your listening.
2: And this is the Reverend Doc Bill Holton, and the three of us want you to appreciate what abundance and the level of abundance really means in your life.